When did we get to be the age that we just couldn't go anywhere without putting on readers? I mean, it started happening probably seven years ago. Yeah. And this should have been particularly bad, though. And I wear progressive contact lenses, too. Oh, I don't do that. I do. I do. And I still have to put them on. Yeah. Sometimes, especially when my eyes get tired and I've been on the computer all day or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. We are filling our pool today. (gasps) It has been under construction since last July. Yeah. And um, I'm so excited for it to actually get done. I'm telling you, I I fought the whole pool thing. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, I don't, I don't want to ever live in a house with a pool. And then we ended up in this house with a pool and I thought, oh, this is the worst. Someone's going to drown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my reluctance to have a pool is a hundred percent about the maintenance. Well, yeah. It's a pain in the neck. <laughs> yeah. You get the pool person, you get the filter. I don't really think much about it. But the pool that we have has this ledge that people can jump off of into the pool. And, you know, our pool, you can't see from our house. It's like, I remember. Yeah. So Jackson would have these friends over and, you know, there are a couple of boys who were just incredibly athletic yeah. Very coordinated. And I actually didn't worry about them jumping. Right. I worried about every other non-athletic, uncoordinated boy trying to do that same thing and then just landing in the concrete. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. That would be pretty scary. Oh. <sighs> Don't do that. Get off. So far, no one's died in the pool or near the pool. And I'm hoping to keep it that way. So I'm curious what what um, what emerged for you after our last interview with um, Mark. I felt that his reflection, Mark's reflection about discovering later in life his inherent worthiness and that he had spent so much energy trying mm-hmm. and succeeding in achieving in high school. Um, I just thought that was so relatable. And um, I really appreciated him sharing that. It was neat. I did too. And I wonder, you know, that's not something you can just expect to have happen earlier or you can want it to happen earlier but like you have to live a little right Mm -hmm. and I sometimes wonder 
if we try too hard to get young people to that place now earlier when like they actually have to experience what it feels like to want to fit in or maybe feeling sometimes othered, although you don't want people who naturally, you don't want, you know, race, class, gender, sexuality to be absolutely a predictor of those things. Right. And it is a human experience, I think, to go through moments of doubt, self-doubt, mm-hmm. not feeling all included all the time, mm-hmm. wondering about your own identity. And it's like not something that happens overnight. <laughs> right. It would be pretty shocking to find an 18-year-old who had gone through the challenge and the struggle and had fought for his or her own sense of worthiness. I think you kind of have to have had some low points and realize I'm all right. Yeah. And some of the stuff that I thought was important as a identifier of myself or to prove that I was good enough, Mm -hmm. very significant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but like you said, at 18, no, we're just kind of, <laughs> I mean, I really don't think I even started getting there till I was 40, 45, you know, up until that point, I was just checking the boxes, got that done, got that done, met that goal. And then, <laughs> you know, now I'm like, oh, I cannot put much energy into things that I don't genuinely care about and that give me joy because I'm over it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I think there's just enough get up and go in me that I still like get ready in the morning and try to present myself in a somewhat, you know, (laughs) we still have to, you know, I'm not wearing my pajamas to the board meeting, but I'm getting close. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting more that other people are going to appreciate me being authentic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means getting dolled up and putting on a show. And sometimes yeah. I don't feel like doing that. So it's not such a big deal if I don't. Well, one of the things that I always appreciate about you and, and actually also Ian is that you all, you all like to get out and get dressed up and go have a good time. Man, yeah. that looks fun. True. That is so true. We do. We do. We've got a, a friend's party coming up in June. And the theme is always midsummer. Oh, no. And so it's, you know, fairies and fire dancers and all sorts of fun stuff. So that, be- whole, that whole term has been totally just destroyed for me after watching Midsommar, the movie last year. I never saw it. Oh, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I, I I won't watch it. No, forget it. We we rented it actually with Owen Travis. He was staying with Chris Travis's son. And he said, Oh, this looks good. And it was me and Piper and Jackson. And then Jackson's like, I don't want to watch it. And he left. So me and Piper and Owen watched it and 
I think we're all still a little traumatized. Really? It's bizarre. Okay. (laughs) But it kept us laughing the rest of the summer. (laughs) I mean, this is a a party with beautiful fairy lights and Mm. signature cocktails and people just having a good time. There's nothing traumatic about it. That sounds really good. I'm excited. I want to come. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Welcome. Middle of June. Come on out. Uh, Maybe. Maybe I should. (laughs) So we have Leah Lovett coming on today. Is that who's coming on? That's true. Although I guess she has an additional last name now. What? (laughs) Isn't it Leah Lovett Fink? Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. I don't know if she uses that all that much, but she's- We'll have to ask. We'll have to ask her. Yeah. I mean, she's been married to her husband for a long time, but I guess I always think of her as Leah Lovett. I do too. I always think of her as Leah Lovett. And she almost moved to Austin with her husband and kids 10 or 15 years ago, and they ended up relocating to Denver. But I tried to woo them here, and we had a great time visiting, but um, but Denver won out. So what do you remember about Leah from high school? Leah and I, in eighth grade, pre-high school, but same school, were the two student representatives for eighth grade student council. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of an upset because we had arrived at the campus approximately, I don't know, two or three weeks earlier as part of the swarm of bright young women who were coming to co-educate the middle school. And so (laughs) previously all the student council representatives in the middle school had been male. Right. And Leah and I were elected in, in eighth grade as the two from eighth grade. And we, we had a lot of fun um, being the pioneers of that. Guys were trailblazers. Trailblazers. And the other thing that I remember envying about Leah is she her hair was always on point. Totally. She kind of had that Belinda Carlisle go-go's mm. bang swoop thing. My hair would never do that. Well, interestingly enough, I have known Leah since we were in kindergarten. Oh, that's right. She is one person that I have basically known since I started school. I went to school with her through fifth grade. And I don't think she came to Sandia Prep, did she? She was not with us there. No, I don't think so. She went to Jefferson for two years. She might have done Jefferson for two years. And then she came to the academy in eighth grade. But I feel like I've just always known her my whole life. And I just think of her as just being such a, just a vibrant and fun mm-hmm. person. She was really a glue for our class, I think. Um, yeah. One of those people who certainly had a group of friends that I identified with her, mm-hmm. but was very welcoming and and inclusive whenever she could be and mm-hmm. um, really funny and mm-hmm. great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Great laugh. I'm sure we'll hear it. I hope so. Today. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
you know, she was just one of those people that really everyone, I think, liked a lot. She mm-hmm. And she liked other people. And mm-hmm. That's right. That's even right. though, you know, she sort of had her crew, she just reached out and was friendly to everyone. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with her in the summers, too. Um, she was a member of the tennis club. The tennis of club. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. It's funny when I think about the tennis club, it was a it was a club and it was not very hoity-toity or anything. It was I'm gonna say if if listeners are picturing rolling grass <laughs> and cutting greens and cute valet drivers with visors and seersucker shorts, they no. are way off base. We're talking <laughs> concrete. Uh, the snack bar served grilled cheeses and Arnold Palmer's and you could buy chips off of a little counter. And it was, it was no nonsense. Totally. Yep. You and I spent a lot of time there playing tennis. We did. You'd never know it from my game (laughs) now, but yes. (laughs) I would swim there in the afternoons with my family. And that was sort of the extent of the tennis club. But, you know, it was a, we had a lot of friends and classmates who belonged there. So it was always fun to go. But I had a lot of fun with Leah there also. So <laughs> well, and she, she lived really close to that, yeah. to the mm-hmm. temple. Yeah. yeah. And her parents still alive, of course, are mm-hmm. such lovely people too. That's right. Her, her mother taught my brother at Sandia Prep. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was strict. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, funny oh, enough, her mother took classes from my dad at UNM. She would audit all my dad's classes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty that's cool. Sweet. That is sweet. So all these things that um, that I remember. I also remember Leah Levitt's house, which was a beautiful old house oh, near the university. Love that. New Mexico style. Yeah. So another good spot. Oh, I think... She's coming. She's coming. (laughs) It's Leah. It's Leah. Good to see you. Oh my goodness. It's great to see you. This is so fun. I know. We were just reminiscing a little bit about you. Oh. You may recall that um, you and I were the student council representatives in eighth grade. Um, and I, I'm sure we revolutionized the policies and, uh, dances and vending machine access or who knows what, uh, but it was fun. And was you two fun. were in the same section, weren't you? In yeah, enough. Enough. <laughs> That's right. It was a good one. It was fun. No, we had a good section. Well, the other thing is that I had just said that I remembered your hair always being on point and you had kind of the Belinda Carlisle bangs. Yes. Uh, and look at you I today. Want best hair. I want to in, in ninth grade. It's really? the same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh. That's never going to be an award I 
will ever win, have ever been considered for. So <laughs> now, now air is like always just up. <laughs> so Leah, do you go by Leah Levitt or Leah Levitt Fink or Leah Fink? So yeah, um, I <laughs> I technically signed my marriage license as Leah Levitt hyphen Fink, but I've never legally changed it <laughs> or done anything, and I. I basically, it's very confusing. Um, at work, I'm always Leah Lovett. Like nobody does the Leah okay. Lovett Fink thing. Um, the only time I really use it, the Fink part is with um, the kids. Like when I'm doing stuff with the kids, then I'm Leah Lovett Fink. But mostly, I like so formally, I would just say Leah Lovett. <laughs> Excellent. I think that was very wise. Having been through a divorce and then trying to go back and change all mind. and thinking, why did I do this to begin with? But Carla... You bit the bullet and changed your name, and it's yeah. still working out for you. Yeah, so far. <laughs> I got married late. I was like 35 when I got married. And so I was like, I've been Leah Lovett for a long time. <laughs> and it's a great name. Leah Lovett is a great name. Why change? <laughs> Well, we are so happy to have you here. We're so excited to have a chance to talk with you. You know, we're almost 35 years out of school. So that reunion is coming up in about 18 months. Leah, I've known you since we were like yeah. tiny children. Yeah. So fun to know some people your whole life. Yeah. So it's really special for me to see you um, whenever I get a chance to see you, whether that's in Denver or in Albuquerque yeah, um, or on Facebook or whatever. <laughs> um, but we thought we would sort of start, we've been starting all of these interviews with this one question, which is a very simple question. What have you been doing for the last 35 years? Oh my God. <laughs> and just, <laughs> you, you can take that any way you want, but you might think about what are some, you know, some moments, maybe what you do right after high school, what yeah. were some big moments in your life that sort of helped to define or get you to where you are today? I guess what I've been mainly doing the last 35 years is like growing up. Um, I have to say, I think I was a little immature and spoiled coming out of high school and, um, I just, you know, I had a really nice life. Like everything was good and everything kind of worked out for me. <laughs> and I kind of thought that would just always happen without me really putting in that much effort. <laughs> and um, and I learned pretty quickly that it didn't. So, you know, there were, I, I just, I think I had like, I don't know. I've, I've always been a very go with the flow kind of person and it has served me well. Like it's led to some interesting experiences and probably things I wouldn't have tried otherwise, but um, it took me a while to kind of focus and figure out who I was and, and what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, and I think I'm finally there. Like I've, I really enjoy my career now. I had a million different jobs in a million different areas that I don't even know what I was doing half the time. Um, and you know, it took like we were talking earlier, it took me a little bit to like find my, my person and settle down and get married. Um, but, but I'm in a good spot. Like my kids are, were two years past the pandemic ish and, um, they're both in better spaces than we were all in a couple years ago. And I feel like they're really coming into their own and, 
Mike and I are um, having a good time being adults again because the kids are teenagers now and they don't really want to do much with us <laughs> anymore. So we're kind of on our own. Um, and I, I, you know, arrived at a really good point in my career where um, I feel like I've got a lot of respect at the organization and people come to me for things and, you know, seek me out and, um, and I enjoy what I'm doing. So it's, it's been good. And we're, you know, we've been in Colorado nine years now. And as much as I loved Chicago, um, I spent 16 plus years in Chicago, which blows my mind still, um, longer than I lived in Albuquerque, um, or almost as long as I lived in Albuquerque, I guess. But anyway, but Denver's really suited our lifestyle now. And, um, and it's, it's been good, but it's been a progression. And I think, um, I think I could have benefited maybe from a little bit more introspection <laughs> starting out, <laughs> but, but I got there. <laughs> well, when you talk about growing up and how you, things weren't as easy as you thought they were going to be right. When you started adulthood. Yeah. Are there any particular sorts of challenges that really forced you to reckon with that? Um, I think it was mostly, well, like, first of all, getting out of the academy or getting out of school and, you know, going on to college where um, it was a completely different world for me. Like I was in New Orleans. Um, the population at Tulane is very different from the folks we grew <laughs> up with in Albuquerque. <laughs> and, um, and I was a little out of my element and things, you know, didn't, you know, I was very secure in my world at school and... <laughs> Um, and my life growing up in Albuquerque. Um, and it was, it kind of, it rocked me a little bit that I had to like really make an effort and seek people out and, you know, like do new things and be scared and be insecure and all of that. Um, and so, and that just kind of, you know, there were like moments like that all along and figuring out what I wanted to do work-wise was a challenge. Like I, I don't know, my dad was a doctor and I, didn't think I wanted to be a doctor and I was kind of naive about what other opportunities there were out there. So like I was graduating from Tulane and had no idea what I was going to do and was wandering through the stacks at the library. Cause we all used to hang out in the stacks in the library versus looking at our computer all day. I kind of miss that actually. I love the library. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I just found this little publication this little newspaper out of central america and applied for an internship and again it was like one of those moments where maybe i i just didn't know what else to do so i was like well i'll do that and i you know they accepted me and i went and worked for like 75 dollars a month in costa rica and um (laughs) and reported on the news in costa rica and central america i had a country every month and i would um i would go on what is it lexus nexus (laughs) <laughs> I would like read the articles what? and then I would actually go to that country and, you know, like pick a topic and, you know, explore it. So it was a really good experience. But, um, but again, I was just kind of like, okay, this is fine. Um, and my mom came down with like pamphlets for business schools. And again, I was like, okay, this is fine. And so I went to business school <laughs> and then coming out of business school, that's when I really had to get serious and figure out what I was going to do with myself. And, um, and get an actual job. And I don't know, I think at one point I thought I would just be like a stay at home mom and not have to think about it. But the whole career and being an adult was, it was a challenge. (laughs) Like not always relying on my parents and, you know, like that kind of thing. So, um, and Chicago was like, I think where it all started coming together, where I kind of found myself and had a really good group of friends and everything started kind of gelling. 
It's so funny that you talked about sort of the careers that were available to us. And I really felt that coming out of high school, there was like three or four tracks. Yeah. You could be a doctor. You could be a lawyer. You could be a teacher, a teacher, (laughs) which, you know, that's the direction I went. And now it's like, you can be a social media influencer. Yeah. You can be. (laughs) It just seems like there's a lot more just choice. And and I'm not saying that's better or worse. I think sometimes too much choice in today's age can be overwhelming too. But it is really interesting to think like I felt very limited coming out of college in terms of what I was going to do. Yeah. And as great as our education was, there wasn't really ever a discussion about jobs or careers or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love my kids now in high school. Like they, they have classes on that, you know, like they're taking business classes in high school, which is something, Mm -hmm. you know, our, our liberal arts program was great, Mm -hmm. but we didn't take like business or economics or, you know, like, and they have apprenticeships and, you know, all that stuff. And, um, and I think it's really good because, you know, I was one of those girls in high school that was like, Oh my God, I'm so bad at math and science and, you know, all that. And so that like took that whole world, you know, out of my view. Mm -hmm. And, and it's unfortunate because like, I actually, one of my jobs when I was trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do, I sold in surgery for a division of Johnson and Johnson. (laughs) So, and, you know, and they were very rigorous in the training for their sales reps. Like I was in New Jersey for six months doing actual clinical training. I did like cadaver surgeries and I operated on a pig and, you know, like stuff like that. And so like I held a heart in my hand and I knew like anatomy and I got really into it and I loved it. But um, I was in my thirties and I was like, you know, do I go back and try and go to medical school and, I finally was like, no, it's too late. But, um, but it like annoys me that I didn't, that I just eliminated that whole world from myself when I was that young. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe like looking back at COVID, I'm probably glad I wasn't a medical person, you know, cause it was so difficult, but, um, but yeah, it's interesting. So I'm glad, like, I look at what my kids have at school now and I'm glad that they're getting exposure to different things. Cause like business was just not on my radar at all. I never, knew anything about it or, you know, thought about it until all of a sudden it was like what I had to do. And then it's become my career. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and I think that now there's so much more job opportunity and technology. I yes. mean, that whole sector was itty bitty yeah. in the nineties. And it's so, there's so much opportunity in that now. And of course it has its ups and downs too, but um entrepreneurship and technology those things are just not on our radar at all yeah no it's great it's yeah there are a lot of different opportunities so it's fun yeah um i'm curious thinking back onto your 18 year old self looking at your now 50 what are you 51 52 what are we 52 okay looking at your 52 year old self what's surprising in your life right now that you're just sort of like Oh my goodness, this is not what I would have pictured when I was in high school of my life. Oh my gosh. 
It's interesting. I think my career. I think that's like the most surprising thing. Like I, I'm, I'm proud of my role and what I've accomplished. And I think my 18 year old self would have been like, no way, you can't do that. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. You would never, you know, you would never get there. So yeah. So I think it would have to be my career. I mean, you go to Davos every year. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. <laughs> Pictures of you with Bono. Bono. <laughs> That was so fun. I've been stalking Bono my whole life and it finally came (laughs) (laughs) But I barely even remember it. I was so nervous. Like I like I don't think I said two words to him. I was like (laughs) got the picture. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. No, and I'd like traded, I'd horse traded our um my company or setup for filming our patio furniture with CNBC our neighbors to get the picture with Bono. So it was like, it was very, um, it was a journey to get there, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, I can't complain about my job. It's good. Um, I can't believe I've been like, this was my 12th year in Davos this year. So I think I'm kind of trying to transition out of that and move on to other things. Cause I think I've had a good run with all of that, but I'd be happy, to go. I'd be happy to go in your place if you need someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, I mean, it's exciting and it's fun, but that week, oh my God, it takes like years off my life every day to plan all that and be there and go through all that. It's a very intense week, but, but it's good. I love, I love the team that we bring together for it every year. And, um, and we always, you know, work hard, play hard kind of stuff. So it's fun. So you have your two kids. Yeah. You're still working a lot. Yeah. I know you're still close. Well, I don't know this, but Facebook would suggest you're still close with your family. Yes, very close with my family. So that's so really fun. What what is what do you do for yourself? Like what is your get to do thing? What are you passionate about? Yeah, and that's something that I've been thinking a lot on lately because um because with with COVID, when that happened, I'm in global brand and um but I've always been aligned to events. And when COVID hit, events went away. And thankfully, um, my boss, she was the head of brand at, t- at the time, and now she's the chief marketing and communications officer at Accenture. Um, she, we've always had a really good relationship. And she found other work for me in marketing, like special projects. And But they were, they were super intense. Like, we set up a... a internal portal type place for our people. And it was like, not about this is where you go for health benefits, or this is what you do if you need, if you're sick. It was more about self-care and like help supporting our people mentally, you know, emotionally um, through that, that first, you know, those first several months of lockdown. Cause you know, Accenture is a company of over 700,000 people globally. Wow. And the bulk of our workforce is in India and um, places with big delivery centers. And, you know, those people had never worked from home. They weren't allowed to, like you weren't even allowed to take a document out of a delivery center at night, let alone a laptop. So we had to mobilize in like days to, you know, to enable people to work from home. And so it was after everybody got their laptop delivered and, you know, made sure everybody had Wi-Fi and all of that. It was just like this major, like, oh my God, like we're all working from home. How did that happen? So it was like, I was in that, but it was an intense. So I set up this website to help people deal with that block. But, um, but it was like, I, I've never worked so hard in my life. Like it was just nonstop because it was very intense and we all felt like we were doing something really important. 
And I just feel like it hasn't stopped since then. Like I've kind of been on that same pace, speed. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and my kids are bigger. So. <laughs> well, your know, son is huge. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. Like physically. Yes. He's bigger. <laughs> he's six foot four. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I have been thinking a lot about like that because I, I do feel like my focus and, you know, I worked all through their baby stuff. Like I never, I was a contractor when they were born. So I never actually took a proper maternity leave. Like I think I took a couple of weeks and then I was like working part-time and like, you know, nursing during calls. And I, you know, eventually we had a, a babysitter that helped, but, um, but I've always worked and, um, and I, I will work for a while cause you know, we got bills in college and stuff like that to pay. But, um, but I do want to focus more on, on something that I, you know, can do for myself. And I used to run Carla. I know you're a big runner. And, and that was like what I did for myself and I loved it. But once I got pregnant, I don't know, something happened. It just didn't feel right. And I've never been able to get back to that. So, but I do, I do want to think more on that. So that's been kind of a goal for this year is, um, you know, and I, you know, I need to exercise more and take better care of myself and all that. So that's something I want to focus on. I think it's really to answer your question right now. I'm not doing a very good job of that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really hard though, when you're busy raising kids and then you have a job that requires you actually to be online or on Mm -hmm. a screen so much to actually find the time to like get out and move and, you know, you're shuttling kids, you're shuffling their activities around and you're trying to get stuff done. And a lot of your work is sort of sedentary. By the time I get done with my day, I'm like, I just want to lie on the couch and binge watch. I'm tired. I'm tired. And, you know, and I know that, you know, all of us have gone through this or going through, but like now with our parents, like my parents are getting older and, you know, Mike's mom is here with us in Denver and not living physically with us, but she's been having health issues and, um, and it's just, it's a lot, you know, you know, cause now we're thinking about that. And my dad's like slowing down and, you know, my mom's kind of pissed off at him because he's slowing down and, you know, so like you're trying to manage yeah. how it ends now. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that your response in a lot of ways reminds me of the thinking I had when people would say like, what do you do for hobbies? Or, and I yeah. think hobbies, huh? And it's not even that. I have no time, but when I did have time, I just want to spend it with people I care about. Yeah. And my hobby is being around people I, I care about. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's no knit sweater coming out of it, but I feel connected to people. And I wonder if, you know, with you, it's similar. I think, I think that's true. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I've always enjoyed, um, yeah, like being out, being with friends, you know, that kind of thing, um, with family. Um, and and so it's kind of weird too, because when we were in Chicago, Mike and I, I met Mike there, and um and we had like the most amazing group of friends and social life. Like it was insane. It was like honestly off the charts. I had like Laura was there. Okay. And she had a really fun group of friends from her college days in Indiana. And then my business school friends, a lot of them ended up there that I, that I was close with. Mm-hmm. And we just all became like one big blended family. And like Laura now is still in Chicago and, you know, she'll call me from dinner with like my business school friends that they all still hang out together, you know, and they vacation together and stuff like that. So it was like really amazing. And when we got to Denver, 
you know, we were so focused on getting the kids settled and happy in school and figuring out housing and, you know, like our careers, maintaining that, that um, Mike and I looked at each other the other night and we're like, we need to work on friends. Like, you know, I, I don't feel lonely or anything because I'm always in touch with, you know, like you wonderful people from school and my sister and, you know, Laura and my other friends from college and things like that. Um, but like, we don't have that core group anymore here in Denver. And like, there's some Albuquerque friends that I see like Abigail Klein and Aaron Custer and Laurel and, you know, like we get together and Heather Kennedy, but, um, but I don't have that crew really anymore. And so that's, Mm -hmm. that's also something that I miss, I think. And then I, you know, kind of want to work on. Yeah. And that's hard, you know, like putting yourself out there again to, meet new people. It's hard, yeah, as adults, especially when you've got children and other responsibilities. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's another uh, thing to, to manage. (laughs) I know, I know. It's like one more thing to like think about. (laughs) And yet when your kids are young, you kind of like connect with their friends, parents, but a lot of times you don't really have all that much. Yes. No, I have like friends, but I right. don't have like friends, friends, right. you know, like right. I don't have yeah. like my bestie anymore here in Denver that I would call up and, you know, just like go cry on her shoulder if something's bothering me or whatever, you know, but, um, but that's okay. Yeah, Cause I have other people that I do that with, but, but I, I do, it's something I would like to be more social, I think, which is unusual for me because I've always been very social. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's been, this is our last kind of question for like the here and now, but we're really curious if there's been a moment for you of real surprise and joy in your life that you just sort of were like, ah, what, what, what joy that brought you? Oh gosh, there've been a lot. I've been really lucky. Um, and now of course I can't think of anything specific. Um, I guess having kids, like I've always known that I wanted a family, but, um, but I never really, again, the introspection that I probably could have done more of throughout my life. <laughs> I never really like, I was like, I'm just going to have kids, you know, and I never really thought these, about it. These random children, I'm just yeah. going to share. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, but, um, but I really, I, I think I've been surprised at how much I really enjoy being a mom. Um, you know, it just, my, I love my kids. They're beautiful little people. And um, it's been stressful. Like I, I was also surprised about how stressed out I was, but, um, but it's, it's just been really amazing to, to raise these little humans that are turning into such wonderful, almost adults. And so mm-hmm. that's been really joyful. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I think that, I was just gonna say, I, I think the three of us need to bring our three youngest children to our 35th reunion. Yeah. Um, I, my plan is to bring Piper to that and to have them hang out. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, I'm not allowed to come back to Albuquerque without my kids, so they'll be there. So, But we just have to make them hang out. <laughs> it's so fun. Jessica's yeah. youngest child and my youngest child got to know each other this summer. And now we're all going to go see Taylor Swift together oh, in so LA. <laughs> Oh, they, they totally bonded. It was really great to oh, see. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love you that. You know, earlier, Leah, you said that you tend to be kind of a go with the flow person. And I think that is perhaps the key to finding joy in being a parent. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, and something I still very much struggle with. But I'm like, oh, no, we're not going that way. We're going over here. And the kids are like, mm, no, no. So 
I I think that perhaps your temperament is well suited to enjoying parenthood. And that's awesome. Yeah, like I'm not gonna say that I don't try and control things with them, but <laughs> but I agree. Like there is a lot of just like, all right, picking my battles kind of things. <laughs> Excellent. Totally. Excellent. Well, looking ahead, what's next for you? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I'm definitely, like I said, working for a while, I think. Um, but I'm excited. You know, we're starting the college process with Bruce. And so I'm really excited to get the kids, you know, I don't want to rush it or anything, but I'm excited for that next step. And then, um, you know, Mike and I are, I think we're pretty happy in Colorado. I, I think I'd like to move to the mountains at some point. I, you know, it's been really nice being back to the mountains and I still love skiing. If I had a hobby, that would probably be the closest thing to a hobby for me. It's like my therapy and just my joy. And I really enjoy skiing and we don't get to do it as much as I'd like being in Denver. So I'd, I'd like to be a little bit closer to the slopes and up in the mm-hmm. mountains and just live in that life. But I definitely want to travel, um, not for work, but for pleasure more and, um, you know, get back on that program again. And so that's what I see myself. I see, like, I think I've got another 12 years or so of, of slave labor to the man. And then I'm hoping that (laughs) that I'll be able to, that Mike and I'll hopefully be able to chill out a little bit and, you know, the kids will be happy, I hope, and, you know, doing their thing. For sure. Well, should we talk a little bit about Leah back in the day? Okay. Yes. <laughs> back to high school. Back to high school. So we, we're going to talk a little bit sort of generally, and then we have kind of a flash round of questions for you. Ooh. So, <laughs> so do you, go ahead. Yeah. So just looking back on high school, what do you remember most about I remember it was fun. Like I, Laura and I always get um, a hard time from our friend group in Chicago because we're always talking about high school. (laughs) And they're like, oh my God, if I hear one more story about Albuquerque and Timmy and Tommy and, you know, all these. Like they would start doing, you know, the Wayne's World. Like Laura, Laura and I would launch into a story, and they're like, (laughs) "We're like, okay, okay." But I, I remember having fun. It was, um, you know, it was intense. Our our school wasn't easy. Um, you know, we all had to work hard, and I was a pretty good student. I don't think I, you know, I, I didn't any A's I got were like really worked for <laughs> wasn't that kind of thing, like some people in our class but um but yeah no I I really enjoyed it it was um I think we were extremely kind of sheltered which was probably a good thing but um you know like I I again coming out I felt a little naive but I just remember having fun I loved our class um looking back I think I probably wasn't I don't think it was like ever like mean to anybody or, you know, insensitive, but I probably could have been a little bit more aware of like some things that other people were going through or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But again, I think it was like the eighties, like we just didn't talk about stuff. Like our kids talk about stuff now, Um, you know, people's gender and, you know, all that stuff that I was so open now, like that never occurred to me. And when, you know, any of that, I just never thought about it. Um, but yeah, I mostly remember having fun. 
it was good. Like it was, it was a great way to grow up and I feel very lucky. I think you're very right that, I mean, people talk about everything now. Yeah. And in some ways I think that's so great. There's this permission to explore and be yourself. And on the other hand, I'm like, can you just get your homework done? I know. (laughs) Exactly. Like you want to the dishwasher. We've got to leave in 10 minutes. I know. I what gender you are, what what sexual orientation you have, please just unload the dishwasher. Unload the dishwasher. We'll talk about all that later. Yeah, but I'm sure that's really fascinating to you. <laughs> but what I care about on the table, being able to see the floor of your room would be nice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. I, and, and I am really only partly serious about that because I do think that um, there's harm done when people feel like they can't be Absolutely. open about what they're struggling with. And I yeah. do appreciate that. I think my, my kids are so open-minded yeah. about letting people be who they are. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and that's really a beautiful thing. Totally. And I, you know, and I think back on that and I do feel like, you know, maybe all of us a little bit weren't, our whole selves, you know, because it was just how it was. Like there was a little bit more of a role that we were all expected to play. And that was just kind of it. So I I'm thankful that our kids now are able to, to be themselves and fully, you know, like if they want to come out, they come out and it's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. Well, shall we do the, what are we going to call this? The lightning round? The, the lightning flash round? round? Uh, lightning round is good. Maybe we should just like call it. Watch what happens live or something with Andy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're going to jump into the lightning round. And if in the middle of the lightning round, an answer really deserves more explanation, <laughs> don't feel rushed. Okay. <laughs> uh, and if you need to pass, if you need to pass on one, you're yeah. like, I just can't answer that. <laughs> right. Yes. Feel free to pass. No big deal. All right. I'm going to jump in. Yeah. You could do the first one. I'll do the first one. Leah, who was your high school crush? Oh, so many crushes. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, I spent the whole damn high school either dating Brit, breaking up with Brit or chasing after Brit. So that was the one. <laughs> And like, that is one thing, if I could go back, I would like go and just like shake my 16 year old (laughs) self and be like, stop. But, um, but anyway, I didn't and it's fine. But Frank Peloso, um, Peloso, he was, he lived around the corner for me and my mom talked him into, I think she paid him to drive, um, me to school before I could Mm -hmm. drive. And he would pull up in the driveway every morning in his Toyota Supra. And um, blasting, I'm not joking about this, blasting um, Miami Vice soundtrack. <laughs> and I would be like sitting in the kitchen like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and so then I would go. And for a while I got to ride in the front seat. So that was amazing. But then um, Megan McCorkle started needing a ride to school and she lived over on the other side of the neighborhood. So he was like, hey, we're going to pick up, um, or Megan, I guess her name was Megan McCorkle. He's like, we're going to pick up Megan this morning and um I was like okay 
And um, and so then when we got to Megan's house, he was like, okay, get in the back. And I was devastated. <laughs> I had to sit in the back seat. <laughs> but yeah, no, I had a mad crush on Frank. He was very cute. He was two years older than we were? Yeah, he uh-huh. was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, he was that's on the good. swim team. And, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so here is the second question. As you know, we we joyfully enjoyed the um, the the culinary talents of Loyola Gore for many yes. years. So, veal birds or munch pudding? Discuss. So, I unpopular <laughs> opinion. I actually hated munch pudding. It grossed me out, like the texture and like the mushy bits and the whipped bits and yeah. I actually didn't mind the veal birds. They were kind of good. <laughs> Once you got behind the whole like press meat on a stick thing, like it was right. a little tasty. When you, <laughs> when you got past the idea that you were never going to know what you were really eating, no. it was not veal. Like, it was not a bird. <laughs> like, we don't know what it was, but it's fried and yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I know the munch pudding, the chocolate. I think I was okay with, but the vanilla it had like a mm. weird taste. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> What clothing brand did you rep in high school? Oh, man. Um, Express was a big one. We all had oh, those yeah. dumb sweaters that we wore frontwards and backwards. Benetton, that was like goals. Like I I, mm. I was crazy about Benetton. Um, and yeah, I would say that. And then like kind of towards the end, the Gap became kind of yeah. a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all had our Gap t-shirts and denim jackets and all that. Yeah, there you go. I, I still am a big denim jacket person. But Benetton, that was like. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the franchise in Albuquerque was owned by. The Francis's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Michelle Francis is here in Denver. And we were joking about that. I was like, I was so jealous of you because you had like all the Benetton <laughs> that you could ever want. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Um, okay. I can't remember this and I can't believe that I don't, but what car did you drive in high school? And then how did it meet its demise? Oh yeah. Oh, this, this is a good story actually. So I started out with like the Oldsmobile Omega that my parents had. It was um, silver four door, like one of those horrible eighties Oldsmobile, like boxy sedans. And it had um, burgundy velvet interior which was lovely. And then um, it's it, so not you. Oh, it's terrible. I hate I it. mean, didn't your parents know you? <laughs> yes, they did. No, I was like upset about it, but it didn't matter. That was the car. So that's what I started with. And I think I had like a few fender benders and then the thing just got old. So then my dad kind of lost his mind and we went car shopping and he got this Isuzu Impulse. I don't know yes. if you remember that. It was like blue it was mm-hmm. a full-on sports car like it was mm-hmm. stick I had to drive a stick it, it was so much fun but hatchback I mean it was like not what you want to hand your 16 year old kid um but we had fun in that car like we would drove that thing I could like make it from the University of Four Hills and like 15 minutes flat you know kind of thing. <laughs> to pick up Laura <laughs> and then back down to Corrales to get Dana and all that but um yeah it was really fun I love that car and um I did okay with it. Again, a few little fender benders here and there. But when I was at college, Lindley had it and they were over at the parking lot in Dion's. And um, these two boys from her class, Colin and I can't remember the other guy, they asked her if they could drive it and they took it over and she was like, sure, go take my car. So they, they were supposed to just drive it around the parking lot. 
but they took it over to campus and um, they drove up on the, like by the arches, you know, the main oh, yeah. thing. And they were like doing donuts in the lawn and there was water on the grass and they slid off the grass and they hit one of the arches. And um, yeah, and so totally destroyed the car. They destroyed one of the arches and I'll oh never forget. I know. And I actually was home from college because I'll never forget this. It must've been like Thanksgiving or something. Um, Lindley came home and was like hysterically crying. Um, and she didn't want to tell my parents who had done it. And I remember I was so mad. I was like, they lied to you and wrecked your car. Why are you protecting them? And she was like, I can't, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually it came out who did it. And the boys had to come over with their parents and like apologize to my parents. And it was a big deal. And did they get in trouble with the school? They did. I can't remember exactly what happened, but yeah, no, it was a big deal. Oh my gosh. And so then the assessment was done. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually, I remember spending so much time in high school in a car driving. Totally. (laughs) No, it's awesome. Yeah. I have so many good memories just driving around town, cranking music and Mm -hmm. But also because we lived in so many different parts, it was like exactly what you said. Drive up to the Four Hills, drive down to Corrales. That in and of itself is like. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know how we all survived with, you know, as few wrecks as we had and all that. I mean, I was always driving and not very well a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. And we started driving at 15. I mean, 14 and eight months or something yeah. was when you could get your permit. It's way too young. It is really amazing. Yeah. And Albuquerque is like the drunk driving capital of the world. So yeah. like how we survived, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I always like knock on wood when I talk about it. <laughs> okay. Switching gears. High school song or band. I know. So many. Um, Like Prince was always the soundtrack of my high school. It was Phase mostly like Brit was an influence there, so English beat. Like, I was always listening mm-hmm. to English beat or the specials. Um, and George Michael was a big one, <laughs> big one. I and like then, yeah, oh no, I still I love George Michael. Um, and then Lauren, Dana, and I kind of went through this hippy dippy phase where we were like listening to like Jimi Hendrix and Bad Company and Peter Frampton. <laughs> So, so those have memories too. And I've always loved the Beatles and the Eagles. Those will always be my bands. I always think of Prince and you and Purple Rain coming out in eighth grade and you were just into it. I'm so into it. I'm and you, so I think you went to the concert that year. I mean, it was like big. Yes, with Paula Matusi and Jenna Dotson and Liz, well, this is what I can't remember if Liz Finger actually came with us or if we just went with Liz Finger's babysitter. It might have been that. Like, I don't think Liz came, but I think her babysitter took us. Um, but yeah, that concert was so fun. And I remember sitting in class and debating with Sam McClay over like the superiority of Prince versus like whatever death metal band he was listening to in the moment. <laughs> and we 
Christmas Paula Parnell married is just the best. I love it. That's right. I know. It's so awesome. (laughs) I love it so much. If you had put, if you had put the two of them in, like, I mean, I would have never, never. ever picked that, but I love it. It's so no, and they, like, they seem so good together and their kids are so cute. And like, and Sam's like the shiz, he's got like a really successful agency going and yeah, he gets awards all the time. It's really cool. It's awesome. so great. So what high school teacher had the biggest influence or impact on you? Um, I would say Miss Spencer for sure. Um, I just... I really admired her and um, she just was a great teacher. Like I loved her class and um, got so much out of it. And I think it was nice having a younger person, but you know, she still commanded so much respect and, you know, like she was officially a teacher, but it was, you know, um, she was just cool. I liked her and Mr. Entwistle. I always really liked Mr. Entwistle. Um, He just was like, solid you know and I and I've always loved English classes and reading and all of that and so I really enjoyed this class and I guess Madame Rebecca she was a good oh yeah one too yeah we had her together I think I think we did yeah and David Eagleman insisted on being called croissant (laughs) I don't remember that but that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) he was he was Francois for a little while and then changed his name To to croissant (laughs) <laughs> and she kept trying to call him croissant beurre. And he kept saying, no, just croissant. I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> we had fun in that class. It was a fun class. Leah, what was your favorite high school hangout spot? Um, On campus, I like, like, it was always fun to hang out in the locker bays because you always got in trouble. It felt a little dangerous because, you know, you're never supposed to be hanging out back there. But I always loved, um, I don't even know what it's called, like the little amphitheater area out um, by the Fine Arts Building, like where we took our big class picture. It was always fun to hang out there, especially, you know, in the spring when it would get really sunny and um, we would all go out and sit out there and tan. Um, and then as far as, like, in general, um like the Dion's parking lot. There just was no substitute. It was really fun. <laughs> what did we like so much about that parking lot? I oh. guess just that everyone was always in it. I think it was that, that everybody was there. It was like see and be seen kind of thing. And, um, you know, you always knew what everybody was up to. And I, I just loved too, that we didn't have cell phones. Like we didn't even have answering machines really. Like maybe, maybe that came in at the end, but it's like, you know, you just had to be there. If you wanted to go out and meet up with people, it's like you were at Dion's at eight o'clock and then you figured out what was happening. It wasn't like, you know, calling each other on our cell phones. I'm here, I'm there, I'm here. And so it was, you know, it was just what you did. It was fun. Yeah. If you, if you miss somebody, you miss them and you yeah. didn't even know you missed them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, if you, besides, besides pursuing Brit, <laughs> Yeah, cool. Do you have any other high school regret? Anything else you wish you could go back and sort of change? Um, yeah, Brit. And I don't regret Brit. I just we carried on for way too long. We tortured each other a little bit, but um, and it was just so. He was a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Yes, and I wish him well. Um, but I think what I said earlier about the whole math thing. Um, I just scared myself and decided I was bad at it, and then I was done. And you know, and just. That was it. And so I, I think I wish that somebody would have um, 
maybe inspired me a little bit more or had a conversation with me to kind of convince me otherwise, but, um, or I had had that conversation with myself. I don't know. I just remember, I can't even remember her name now, but the geometry teacher I had, um, I don't think she liked me at all. And she graded on a bell curve and I was like the most horrible person in the class. So even if I got a B, I failed kind of thing. And um, it was just like completely disheartening. And I think that's what did me in. So that's a regret. I wish that I hadn't had that experience or that I'd been able to overcome it or whatever it was. But yeah. The bell curve was just BS. Brutal. Yeah, no, it's brutal. I'd be so proud of myself. I'd get like an 86 or something. And then I was, well that comes to a C minus with the bell curve. I'm like, come on. You know, I mean, it just seems so unfair. That's That's... Weird. That was a weird thing. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> do that anymore. <laughs> if you could go back to Leah in 1989, what would you tell yourself? What do you know now that you wish you'd known then? Um, I probably would say don't party so hard your freshman year because <laughs> that had consequences. <laughs> I was, I, the whole reason I went to Tulane was to go to Spain my junior year and I had to have a 3.0 to go to Spain and I almost didn't go because my grades were so bad freshman year. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, so I had to work my ass off so, sophomore year. So yeah, I think, I think just be a little bit more focused. Don't party so much. Um, you know, that kind of thing my freshman year, but I think I would also just tell myself that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Like it, it'll work out. Yeah. Yeah. I try to say that to my children too, but you can't say that to someone else. It has no. to come from inside for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and in this day and age, if you say that to someone in their teenage years, they're very well likely to tell you that that's invalidating. Oh, <laughs> I haven't had that one yet. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me it's going to be okay. That's invalidating. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> My kids have had a lot of therapy, so we got the language around here. <laughs> All right. Last question. What would be the title of your high school memoir? Oh, oh no. Um, I think it would be she survived because of all the stuff we were just talking about. <laughs> like, I was not a responsible person. <laughs> oh, survived. <laughs> oh, I love the story of um, you and Frank Pelosi's car, or even better, him pulling up and in the driveway, and you're going, Oh, he's here. Yeah. No, I would like I, the hair was done, perfumed, <laughs> like cute outfit. I was ready to go. <laughs> oh, that's when we were talking about you beforehand, you know, we we had such amazing memories of you and such glowing things to say. You'll have oh. to listen to the podcast to get it all, but you were such a great um, hub of our class in so many ways, and oh, you know, it's so it's much. really nice, and it's nice because I think when we come back together as a class, you know, you're always there and you always are uh, joyfully excited to see everyone. I think a lot of us are, but um, it's, it's always great to have you there and, and to um, connect, reconnect with you. Oh, well, that means so much to me. Thank you so much. But I would have to say the same about you, both of you, like just, <laughs> um, yeah, you were like always there as well. And like a pivotal part of our 
our class experience yeah. and um and a good vibe it's always been fun I think I don't know our class like we were all so different but it just worked like we I think we're just good people like we're nice to each other and like we just have a good time yeah 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 lots Thanks of good so people much. Thank you so much for doing this, Leah. This it's so, so good to see you. It's good to see you too. This was a blast and I'm so honored to be your second subject. Jessica and Carla's High School Reunion is written, directed, and edited by Carla Silver and Jessica Slade. Our theme music, True Sight, is by Jared Matt Greenberg. Please subscribe and listen on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.